Well, brothers and sisters, it may not be a shock to you, but we are going to be looking at the resurrection story this morning. So I would invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. Luke 24, verses 1 to 12. This is one of the gospel accounts of the resurrection. And uh, we will hear this morning what it is that happened from Luke's perspective and the perspective of those with whom he spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in white, oh, in clothes that gleamed, sorry, in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. The word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, usually in pop culture, when someone rises from the dead, it's not a good thing. Right? Usually in pop culture, when someone rises from the dead, and I know I've talked about zombies before, but it's just such a weird and strange thing cool thing in a twisted sort of way, right? Normally when people rise from the dead, they're like zombies in pop culture, right? Or, or you get evil people who somehow, you know, figure out some way to make themselves immortal and rise from the dead and it's not a good thing, right? There, there is a sense, and I think this is important, there is a sense in which when you are dead, Humanly speaking, you are probably supposed to stay dead. And, and there's, there's reason for that, right? Because that is the way that it has been for us for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. We, we live, we die, and that's, that's that. We don't come alive again, right? And the only ones who come alive again in our pop culture 
culture are those who have somehow cheated death. And that comes with consequences. You notice that we even talk about cheating death. We talk about cheating death. You know, we have this embodiment of death, this dark hooded figure that walks around with the scythe, right? And, And you're not supposed to be able to avoid death. You're not supposed to be able to cheat death. And if you do, then you're going to have consequences like being terribly evil and trying to conquer the universe through your evil. Or you are going to be a mindless zombie who wants to eat brains. But there's a difference in this story, isn't there? There's an incredibly important difference in this story. The incredibly important difference in this story, of course, being that Jesus did not cheat death. Jesus beat death. Right? And that's very different. Right? It's one thing to weasel your way out of consequences. It's a completely different thing to conquer the evil that is around. One is, is yucky and weaselly and no one is going to really in their right mind respect that. The other is victorious, triumphant, glorious, incredible. And and this is why for us the story of Jesus rising from the dead is not at all the same as the pop culture references that we have. But of course, part of the problem with this is that we need to understand what it means for us because clearly it does mean something for us. I mean, obviously it means something for the disciples. It means something for the women who were caring for Jesus' body. It it means something very much for Mary and Joanna and Mary. It means something for Peter who goes there immediately. Peter being the sort of action hero that he is, he goes there immediately to check it out and he has to ponder these things, which which is understandable because, you know, who, who rises from the dead? Nobody. Right? It's no wonder that the disciples don't believe the women. Because who would? Right? Now, let this be a lesson to you men. Always listen to the women in your lives. But beyond that, it is incomprehensible to think of someone, anyone, rising from the dead. And the disciples all along have struggled to understand just who Jesus is. Right? They they have proclaimed Him from time to time to be the Messiah, the Son of God, and so on. But they never really fully get it. And they have proclaimed Him to be a prophet and a teacher and one who is given given these gifts by God. They call Him Rabbi, all these things. But then the next minute, they're turning around and chastising Him for the things He says. And yet, here Jesus is. Risen from the grave. He is not here 
Why do you look for the living among the dead? He has risen. Remember how He told you while He was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? Brothers and sisters, He told them what was going to happen. And these two men in these lightning white robes, they say to them, they remind them, they say, remember, He told you this. Why why are you looking for Jesus among the dead? They're looking for Jesus among the dead because they thought that He was human. And they were right. They thought that he was human and just like every other human being, he would die and his body would decay. And then they hoped, no doubt, that Jesus would be with Father, the Father in heaven and that he would be with Abraham in the bosom of Abraham as the Israelites used to say. But they didn't count on him coming back because nobody does. Nobody does. And they were right in a way, right? He is fully and completely human. And this is important for us because we need to know that what Jesus did on this earth, what Jesus did on the cross, He did not do by cheating. Right? He he did not do it by cheating. He didn't didn't go and and pull out his secret stash of God power and use use it to help him get through what he needed to get through. No, no. He lived a perfect human life. Right? He, He... It's not like we can look at him and say, well, (laughs) Jesus, of course you died and rose again. You cheated. No, 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 no. Right? Jesus lived among us as a human being. He, he, He was born as a human being. He grew up. He learned things as a human being. He probably did mistakes in his math puzzles or math problems just like a human being because remember mistakes are not the same thing as sins right and he learned and he grew the bible says he learned and he grew in stature and in favor among people and and so jesus learned and he grew and he discovered and went along more and more about who god created him to be all the while doing this without sinning and without cheating and then he, he, was, he, he, he discovered, he learned, he understood what his calling, what his mission was. And around the time that John the Baptist is preaching, he, he feels the call to come into ministry. He comes and he starts this ministry by being baptized and by spending time in the wilderness, facing temptations, the temptations that we all face, maybe not as extreme and, and he, he, he changes the water into wine, celebrating human love, and he calls his disciples all as a human being living in perfect obedience to the Father in heaven. 
and He heals. Not through His own power, but through the power of the Father in heaven. Right? He says, everything I do is done through the power of my Father in heaven. And He says, I and the Father are one. And so He walks and He preaches and He teaches and He heals through the power of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit working in Him. But He does so as a human being. As you and I. And He shows us some pretty important things. He shows us what it means to really be human. Because even though you and I are all human, we don't know what it means to be human. Not very well. We get little glimpses of what it means to be human, but we have a really messed up idea of what it means to be human. Our our idea of being human means being selfish and and being greedy and being, you know, short-sighted and narrow-minded. It means that we are we are looking out for ourselves. It means that we fall down and we we hurt ourselves and we hurt others. And that's what we think it means to be human. But but Jesus says, no, 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 no. What it means to be human is to love perfectly. It means to love those who hate you like the Pharisees. It means to love those who are ostracized, who are are apart like the lepers and the prostitutes and the drunkards and tax collectors. It means welcoming those who are vulnerable and sick. It means welcoming those who are strangers and foreigners. It means love, capital letters. And it means that in a self-sacrificing way. It means that I, your teacher, your prophet, your Lord and Savior, will wash your feet. That's what it means to be human. And ultimately what it means to be human is that I would die for you even if you hate me. And so number one, Jesus us and shows us what it really means to be human. Being human is none of this yuck that we have clinging to us and chaining us down and, and the stuff we carry with. That's not what it means to be human. What it means to be human is to love in spite of some stuff. To love. He shows us how deeply the Father in Heaven loves us. How deeply the Father in Heaven loves us. Right? This is, this is what He does when He says, I and the Father are one. He is saying to us, look, look at Me. Look at Me. I am human, yes, but I am also the Son of the Father. And through Me, you can see the Father. Right? No one comes to the Father except through Me. And so we see the love of God for us in Jesus. Every time He heals, every time He teaches, every time He rebukes, every time He suffers for our sake, every time He is mocked and turns the other cheek, 
He says, see how much I love you. See how much the Father loves you. God, great three in one, loves you. You don't have to have done anything to earn it. In fact, you can't. I just love you. And so we see in Jesus not only what it means to be human, but we see also how the Father, how much the Father loves us. How much God loves us. So much that while we were still enemies of God, while we were still shouting out, crucify Him, He was loving us. And then thirdly, thirdly, Jesus shows us how it is that God can bridge the gap, the broken relationship between us and God. Right? Jesus has already shown us what it means to be human. Jesus has shown us just how much the Father loves us. But then He shows us that He will Build the bridge that is required to put us into right relationship with Him. He will take on the burden of all our sin. He will take on the burden of all our brokenness and our failings and our messed upness, And he will, he will fix it. He will fix it. Because we were created... We were created to love. That's what He showed us, right? He, he said we were created to love. He said, what are the greatest commandments? He was asked. He was asked that. And they said, then He said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And He knows how broken our relationships are. He knows that God seems so far away from us sometimes. He knows that, that I myself wander away constantly wanting to chase off after the squirrel of, of money or power or whatever it is, constantly being distracted or distracting myself. And so Jesus says, I know. I know you can't get there. You cannot get to a place where your relationship with God is whole and healthy again. You are so broken. And I love you. And so I will bridge the gap for you. I was talking with somebody the other day and I talked about how God is a, a, a ballooning God, right? And I don't mean that he flies balloons around, although I hear that's a very pleasant thing to do. Um, no, I mean that, that God is someone who will take the little tiny thing, the little tiny thing that you do that has even the smallest seed of good, and that seed being something that he inspired in you through the work of the Holy Spirit, he will take that and he'll go... And blow it up to something really good. 
you open the door for somebody and, and you're thinking, well, don't I look polite and aren't I nice? But you're thinking, no, 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 that's the right thing to do. And God sees the little part of you that says, no, no, it's the right thing to do and says, good, you open the door for somebody. That's an act of love. I love it. It's great. Right? He balloons the good. And that's what Jesus allows him to do, right? The, the, the sins that we have are washed clean by Jesus' blood. And the inadequacies that we have, things that we do that are half-hearted or mixed motivations or in, incomprehensibly messed up, <laughs> He takes those things and any little seed of goodness he blows it up to wonderfulness. And that doesn't mean he ignores the bad, right? He sends his Holy Spirit to work in us, to live in us, to, to help us to grow and so on. But Jesus has come. And Jesus has shown us what it means to be human. And Jesus has shown us how much the Father loves us. And Jesus has died for us, conquering sin and death in His humanness so that we, we can be reunited with God. This is why, brothers and sisters, Christ's victory is not just Christ's victory. It's not just good news for the disciples who were his friends, who were like, yay, Jesus is back. It is good news for all of us. Because he acted as our representative, as a human being. He took it all on for us. And when he conquered sin, and when he conquered death, he did it for us. Right? So that you too, so that I too, can live again. When we die, brothers and sisters, we don't stay dead. We don't stay dead. And we don't stay dead um, you know, in the same way that a zombie doesn't stay dead. right? We, we don't stay dead in the way that Jesus didn't stay dead. The Bible says that it is God's will that he would reconcile all things to himself. We are a huge part of those things. God has reconciled us to him through Jesus Christ. And so therefore, when we die, we are reunited with God face to face. And we are raised incorruptible, just as Jesus was. Brothers and sisters, he is risen. He is risen indeed. I should have been more clear about that. Let's try it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your son Jesus. Thank you so much that he showed us what it really means to be human. Thank you that he 
reconciled you and us, O God, so that we can live with you forevermore through your Son, Jesus. Amen.